Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down to the show notes. Leave us a wonderful, give us the gift, give the gift of podcast listeners to (laughs) podcast hosts, which is a review on iTunes. <laughs> we appreciate y'all. And we, we do, we do. And if you want, have, feel free to uh, connect with us on social media. We are recovering our holiday gift guide right in time for the holidays, just in time. We slid right in under the radar. Yeah, we're a little past Hanukkah, so. A little um, past, yes. But yeah, we've been super busy this year, uh, but we wanted to put together some items for you. These are things that we've gotten for our kids and some ideas we have for them in future and, years. And it dovetails nicely with the episode we had last week with Danielle mm-hmm. Dabbs talking about all the great games. A lot of those games are really small, great little stocking stuffers. If Do you, you know how hard it was to not pick games for this? Because I like everywhere I went, I wanted to pick something that was game related. I'm like, no, that's Danielle's area. Uh, <laughs> and we so already covered it. <laughs> we did. We did. So I wanted to... Uh, take a look at some other things you know we're going to get our kids gifts this year and it's nice to get something that's also educational so here we are our better late than never holiday gift guide fist-sized lump of coal (laughs) more like that so let's start off small Mm -hmm. things that go into stockings tell me about finger puppets I know that's a really silly thing, uh, but our kids, we got our kids finger puppets actually last year. It was kind of a late, a late gift that we put in their stockings and they absolutely love these. Yes. So from an educational standpoint, um, you know, you can get them in all different kinds. We'll link some in the show notes, but you can get animals, you can get people. What we found with them is that our kids were so imaginative in um, retelling stories that we had read. And making their own stories. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of great for, you know, there's, um, y- you could act out, you know, there's like pantomime poetry is one yeah, of the things exactly. that you go into in Torchlight as you get into upper levels. Um, this is like a, just another way of acting through a story. And I don't know, something about it made it easier for our kids to retell what we had read because they could act it through the puppets. They're really small. Um, They're totally travel size. They're great (laughs) for car trips, too, because your kids can put them on their fingers and talk to each other. And Really good for the early learners. You know, I I know we like to to settle on, you know, we like to focus on that. That's kind of where we are right now. We know Mm -hmm. there's, you know, people listening that have a little bit older kids. But, you know, if you have some of those younger learners, definitely think about the finger puppets. I, I do like the idea... My dad and my mom got them a bunch of like bigger puppets as well, like the hand puppets. And, right. They and actually got them the puppet theater, the yeah. Melissa and Doug puppet theater, puppet which theater. is, we should, I will put it in the show notes because it's terrific. And yeah. also a great gift. I We didn't include it in the list, but since you mentioned it, it's true. Yeah, That's go. a really oh, great gift. Oh, and a good thing to, to know. Do not take, you don't have to worry about taking notes. We'll have everything linked in the show notes below. So feel free to do that. Right. And it'll also be on the website as well. Um, another stocking stuffer, a little large, you might have to take it out of the box, but I think it's a good stocking stuffer is the geo safari binoculars. Yeah, it's kind of like kid binoculars, kid binoculars, my first binoculars. This is something that I know 
um, my father is been becoming, you know, as he retires, he is becoming, you know, enamored with birds <laughs> and birds and birds and birds has been the big thing. I know he has some really nice high powered binoculars. Something that I know that we've been talking about is maybe possibly getting the girls some binoculars so they can look at, you know, the birds with grandpa and, and be able to do those type of things. Great little observational tool. If you're doing right. a lot of outdoor stuff, especially if you're doing the blossom and root, where you're getting outside, mm -hmm. if you're doing a lot of the nature studies, things of that nature, really cool, to, you know, little toy that you can actually toss into, you know, a go bag, whatever right. it might be. This is nice. This is for ages three plus. So I really liked how young uh, could use this product and, yeah. you know, it's plastic to be more durable. So um, think about that. All the other binoculars that we have that they've tried to use are too heavy or they're just not built for their face. Well, the way the that this has that, kind of a, a guard that goes over their eyes to help it kind of fit in yeah, their and, face and, better. And it doesn't require them to do any focusing. I think that's one of the big problems when you get somebody like a, you know, a cheap pair of Bushnell or something like that. I think Bushnell is the, is the brand. If you get kind of a, you know, a general binoculars, they do have to do the focusing thing. And that can be a little bit difficult for the young ones. Maybe not so much for like a seven or eight or nine year old. But if you're really thinking about like that five, six year old, mm -hmm. they just want to put it up to their face and look. Right. You know, th th this I think solves that problem. Right. Last year we got the field microscope and we found that they liked that, but they were, they it was hard were a little, it was a little hard for them at that young. Mm -hmm. We loved it. Um, and they're, they're just starting to grow into it now, but the, the binoculars is something we think they're really going to love uh, for all of our nature walks. So um, you can get this brand or another, but think about some little, little kid binoculars. That was a really good homeschooling transition, Ariel. Talking about microscopes, we hey, we talked about the little field microscope mm -hmm. last year, which is like a little pocket thing. It was about 20 bucks. You could put we it, absolutely love it. And it. it's and, amazing if you want to bring it out at a party because oh, yeah. everybody is really, is really cool. <laughs> well, but you know, our, our six-year-old is starting to really get into it right now. Mm -hmm. And our little one is, you know, totally not ready for it. But we were looking at leveling that up to a microscope that can actually connect with your phone. One of the hardest things I think with any type of device where you're looking into something, whether it's a telescope, a microscope, or anything of that that sort, it's really hard to get your eye around it. And as somebody who wears glasses like myself, it's very hard to like have, constantly have to be mm -hmm. picking up your glasses. It doesn't feel natural. You got to get it super close. You're, some people have phobias around the eyes, like I do, because I've you know I've grown up with two children for six years, constantly <laughs> threatening my 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 eyes. <laughs> but uh, you know. Getting something that can actually pull up to your phone, because a lot of us have phones in our pockets, mm -hmm. we have iPads in our homeschooling environment, we found a microscope that allows you to connect to your phone. And so while you're looking at something, it is actually showing you what they're looking at on your phone. Right. And it's th nice. this, I think, is a game changer. I think it totally is. It's great because um, more than one child can see at a time and you can exactly. narrate. The other thing that we found with um, having our very young kids use the pocket microscope, while it would be really great for an eight, nine, maybe nine, ten-year-old, for the younger kids, they have a hard time keeping their hands steady. Yeah. So it's really hard because I, I'll find something and say, hey, this is on the microscope. Why don't you come look at it? And I'm trying to hold it for her, but she's trying to get in there and look at it. It's all just really difficult. This actually comes on a stand. So you can stand it there and put something, you know, in its path and then have your phone for everyone to see. You know, it allows you to light, you know, the, the stage and in, in essence of what you're looking at. It has some nice magnification, but I, I really love the wireless connection to your phone. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, is the best. You know, like I, I know with my phone, I have... Uh, a case on my phone that has a kickstand so it's perfect for me to just kind of set and then you'd be able to connect to it i'm really looking forward to this i think this is going to be kind of that fun uh, educational 
where you can actually like lecture to what they're seeing as opposed to um, trying to describe something that they're looking through an eyepiece. I think it's a nice, a nice difference. It's a nice change. And I think people would, would really enjoy it. Yeah, I think this is great too. They have uh, microscopes with big screens. You can get them. They're like over a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. This one you can get anywhere from thirty to forty bucks. So it's really nice affordable. Ground, yeah. yeah, I think it's really affordable. It's great, uh, easy to take on the go as it's not a large thing, and you could take it out into the field uh, and use it. So Absolutely. the microscope, the wireless digital microscope. So again, links will be in the show notes below. So the next thing, you know, more of like a geometry math oriented uh, item is a, a nice tangram set that has a magnetic backing. This is really nice to do if you have, say, like a whiteboard that's magnetic, mm-hmm. being able to take these geometric shapes. Yeah, if, have, if you're not familiar with it, it's just yeah, geometric shapes, different, different color, colors, yeah, different and they colors. all fit together in different uh, ways to make, you can make patterns with them, you can make pictures. Um, there's lots of sets that come with challenge cards, so yeah. you're trying they give to you build. The over, they give you the overall shape, and then you have to build that shape using the tangrams. Right. All the little you know, geometric pieces. It's really right. nice. I know it's been... We, we have one that is um, like the challenge cards, with, as what you said Right, there. and it has a the foam solutions pieces tend with to be, it. Yeah, the solutions tend to be on the back. Yeah, the ones we have are, are a foam with a little um, magnetic backing and some challenge cards, but there's only like 10 there. Yeah. What we don't have is a larger uh, set of plastic ones. Mm-hmm. So these come, it's like a it's like 100 pieces, I think. And we're going to get one of these for our homeschool. It's great because it's, it's good for open-ended play, but it's also terrific for... Um, you know, actually trying to make shapes. And you can find all kinds of resources online for tangrams. There's lots of it, there's lots of online patterns and things. You don't have to be limited to just what comes in the box. It can also be used for teaching math and things. This is one of those that I loved as a kid. I had yeah. something like this. I think it was called rhombics, something like that. Yeah, rhombics, yeah. It was a, like there was tangrams and it was in a circle and you had to try to find ways to fit it all together. But I love just taking them out and making different see, shapes with them. S- and, similar things with like rubber bands and the pegboards that I think if... if uh, I love those. Yeah, if you're using the uh, the Right Start Math, they, they include that as part of the thing where you're doing... You're making different shapes and geometric shapes using rubber bands. Yeah, our daughter loves to do the, the challenges where she's like presented with an overall picture. She's got to figure out how to do it. Um, so these are really fun and they're so open-ended. We think they're a great gift because they're engaging, but they can be used just across the board for so many different uh, educational things. So absolutely. Tangrams. Next one, we're going to kind of pivot into the art realm with the watercolor pencils. Um, I know art is something that's important that I do with my daughters. I, I really love doing art. It's, you know, a nice little centerpiece for us. It's a nice break from doing the math and the reading and reading all the books and doing all the stuff. It's a really cool thing that we can sit around and do at the table, whether it's markers or crayons or, you know, challenge drawings, uh, you know, trying to mimic what, what we see on like, you know, doing a Google image search. We, I like to search up fantasy stuff. Sometimes I search like cartoon characters. I know my six-year-old is now starting to mimic those type of things. I'm doing letter cards for my two and a half year old. So it's a really cool thing that we, we do a lot of artwork. Here is something that I have really begun to enjoy is the watercolored pencils. These are basically, uh, they look like colored pencils. They function like colored pencils. They're no different than colored pencils from the aesthetic point of view. But when you take a wet brush, like a like a simple little paintbrush and put a little bit of water, it activates the the color as watercolors. And all of a sudden your, your drawing becomes watercolor and it becomes a watercolor medium that is activated by adding you know a little bit of wet water to it. I think it's so neat. It's such a cool uh, thing. And when you first see it, you go, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't think that was possible. 
And then the pictures that you can create are amazing, which allows you to do a drawing with your kid and then allows them to turn that into like an abstract watercolor painting. Right. So you can kind of help. Sometimes I'll see you do like, you'll do the outline of a drawing for yeah. them and then they'll color it in or um, with regular, with crayons. This is a, yeah. this is a nice twist on that. If you want to help do some rough outlining and then, as you say, let them be really expressive. Yeah. That's something I've been working with my six-year-old is um, working on the idea of dimensionality with the, her drawing um, using reference points. So we'll take, I've been teaching her basically, you know, um, the, one of the best ways that I've learned how to draw is actually copying what other people do. And one of the ways that I do that is I use reference and dimension. So, you know, I'll use my thumb or, or my pencil tip as a way to get the pr proportion, like say the distance between the eyes or the, the nose to the mouth. It's a cheap way for me to take a small drawing or a large drawing and make it into something smaller or larger. And I use that as a way to, to do that. And for my daughter, I'm starting to use these reference points in order for her to get the dimensionality. Because a lot of times when you start drawing, you'll you'll make the head one size and then the body will be a different size. <laughs> right. The arms will be all gangly and you'll look like a horror picture. But if you can start to set the reference points, like are the arm ends here from basically looking at that image to here. Anyway, I'm able to set these points, but if I color it in with a little bit of watercolor and I do the outline drawing, then my, my daughter can actually go ahead and then make the, the painting from that. And I think it gives her a lot of confidence. She enjoys she enjoys doing that. So this is just a cheap, you know, I think you can get watercolor pencils for anywhere between eight to twelve bucks, something very simple. It's a great little stocking stuffer, a great little art art add to your caddy. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, you get those like cheap Crayola watercolor trays. They have like nine different colors. Yeah. And what's the first thing that happens? All the colors mix. Right. And it's it, worse. It drives me crazy because they're all brown. A lot. <laughs> yes. Every color is brown. You're like, I swear that's green. It looks like green, but I keep getting brown. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And so that, that drives me nuts because a lot of times I like to color with them. And, yeah. You know, once I, you sully it, it's hard to, it, yeah. as much as you try to like yeah. clean it out, it's really, really hard to get the color back. So I see this as, a as an alternative, especially when you're trying to get them to draw, color with the pencils, and then you can add in the, the paint it's as a good an way element. to teach I, different mediums. I, I think it's a good way to, to get out of the anxiety of mixing colors. That's always <laughs> been a big thing for me. I always have issues with that. So anyway, watercolor pencils, nice little big thing there. Nice little thing to, to recommend there. Next is the Leapfrog Globe. And this is something we have been using in our homeschool for the Around the World study. You know, we're doing the Torchlight and Build Your Library combination. Ch you know, Follow us on YouTube and see all of our, our silly little vlog videos that we put out. But we have been using this leapfrog globe. This is a touch-sensitive globe. Mm -hmm. with, a, with a magic, with a pen. Yeah, with magic. a pen. A pen. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel, to some people, it is magic. <laughs> to our daughters, it's magic. To our daughters, it's magic. So basically what it is, is you have the ability to select a bunch of different modes, whether it's a quiz mode, there's like a free mode where you can just touch on the globe. Yeah, there's, so they'll there's do like games, countries, countries, animals, cities. Uh, flags, cities, major yeah. monuments. And so basically when you touch an area on the globe, let's say a country like, say, Brazil, if you're in the free mode, if you touch Brazil, the game, uh, the, the globe knows that you've touched Brazil, some capacitive sensing element there. And it says, okay, great. And on the little LCD screen, it begins to play a video teaching mm -hmm. Your learner about Brazil. You know. These are National Geographic type videos. I mean, BBC, they're really good. I think it's good. bbc Maybe it's BBC. Thing. Yeah. They're really good. They're very short. Very short. Um, even our two-year-old likes to just sit and touch different places and yep. see what videos come up. And the videos are about animals or about the country. There are extra packs and things you can download that you can do more. And, and there's lots of really neat 
uh, quiz games that our six-year-old is just a little bit too young. So I think this would be great for, uh, we got it when she was five. Mm -hmm. I think it'll probably be good for maybe five to eight, five to nine, because some of the... Some of the quizzes, I, I think it's still going to be several years before she's going to be able to play these. But it's kind of a, it's a cool... Like, Something that will grow with her, I think. Where in the world's Carbon San Diego type it, of... It, it has you that know, vibe. Yeah, it absolutely has that vibe. There's lots of like, uh, in a country that has uh, this famous monument, where's this? <laughs> you know, and you have to guess around it. And I like the pen touching the globe. It's really interactive and fun. Uh, so these are about 75 bucks right now. You yeah. can usually find them on sale. So you can keep your eye out, especially when they... You know, half price uh, toys and things at Target. Ba- so battery life is is a little medium yeah, on this. You so, may want to get yourself a nice pack of lithium rechargeable double uh, A batteries and put them on the wall. The right, wall buy yeah. this with some rechargeable double A's. The fact that this doesn't plug in is kind of our only downside to this, but yes. we do really enjoy it. And if you're going to be doing an around the world study, um, it's really great. We've caught both of our daughters sitting and playing with it for long periods of time together and exploring. Mm-hmm. So I like I like things like this where I don't have to sit with her directly and coach her every movement mm-hmm. um there's just so much free exploration with this so we've really enjoyed the um the vtech globe and you know what would it be a holiday podcast with homeschoolers without recommending some books we're going to talk a little bit about the story orchestra books oh, i love those books these books are amazing so the one the one that i think will be hitting soon because i think we're going to russia soon um is the tchaikovsky um swan lake right we have swan lake and sleeping beauty Sleeping beauty as well yes. and then we have the nutcracker up in the yes. up in our Christmas closet to give as a special thing right before Christmas. But basically what these books are, they're they're beautiful kind of woven cover, just, just gorgeously illustrated books. And they tell the story of these famous ballets. And on every page, you can press through the paper into the back of the book where it plays a snippet of one of the famous songs. So you're going to be learning about the story of Swan Lake. And on every page, you're going to be uh, pressing for the classical music. We gave these to our daughter last year for Christmas, or maybe the year before, it might have been the year before, um, hours. She will sit and just <laughs> do this for hours, just listening to the music and enjoying the story. And yeah, I'll uh, never forget that beautiful we, books. we were listening to some classical music as part of, I think, the Blossom and Root. Yeah, um, early years early, volume two. Early years volume two, and it was just playing and, the, and moved on to another song and another song. And then Swan Lake came on, you know, the classic, the classic song. And my daughter ran into her room. She goes, I've heard this. I've heard this. Mm-hmm. And she ran into her room, pulled it down from the shelf, came running back, flipped to like page four and just smashed the button. And it was exactly that song. Yeah, I think it was when the black swan comes yeah, or yeah. something. And <laughs> yeah, she knew exactly. It's really great. So we wanted to just highlight this one for art and music. Um, it, you know, there, there obviously is a story to read in it, mm-hmm. but then this interactive element, I love books that have some sort of interaction for these really young kids. And the fact that this one plays beautiful clips of classical music in a story setting, um, these books are just gorgeous. So we recommend all of them and we'll put a link to a couple of them in the show notes for you. So moving on, another book to recommend as well is for a, a little bit older, kids. a little bit older. I, um, there's a, it's a little creepier, a little bit, you know, there's obviously some, some elements of war and conflict, but there's a wonderful version of an illustrated edition of The Hobbit. And right. this is... It's almost like a graphic novel version. It, it is. It's actually a graphic novel, but it's about 200 pages long. I think you can get a copy of it for 12 bucks. You, if you are a Lord of the Rings fan, family, or you're kind of a nerdy family that knows you're going to be getting into that, or you have kind of that early reader 
who's just looking to maybe get into chapter books, but maybe a little reluctant, maybe a, you know, a, a dragon fan out there or whatever it might be. Absolutely fantastic edition it's of this beautiful. book. beautiful. I have read this at least to my daughter once. I have read it personally a couple times. Absolutely fantastic. And it does not skimp on the book. It actually, I think, hits beat for beat. I think it, line it's for most line. of, mostly it all of the. I think it's all of the dialogue, all the dialogue. and some of, and and quite a bit of the, the description, mm-hmm. um, is in these panels. And, and it's these, beautiful artwork, and, and it's very dense. I mean, to read it to my daughter, I think I was reading like four or five pages a day. Like you'll spend a lot of time on every page because there's just so much text built into it. But the drawings are absolutely gorgeous. You could spend hours just flipping through it. Mm-hmm. And it really brings the to life the story. Um, obviously, we have Peter Jackson's version of the of the movies. A little bit of adult. Probably not something for children. A lot of violence. A lot of decapitations, I remember, from that one. And a little deviate. He deviated you know, heavily from it. And there's right. some stylistic issues that very, some people have. It definitely wasn't Lord of the Rings version of The Hobbit. It was more of a video game version of the hobbit but (laughs) let's not digress (laughs) this is a wonderful uh, visual adaptation of that book and i think it brings all the visual characteristics out and i think it's a great springboard for any reader who may want to then pick up the actual book and read it and we all know the hobbit is very much a you know middle grade book level maybe a little bit more um, and it's a great way to kind of level up that reader who might be a little sh- might be struggling just a tad bit. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful edition. And if anybody's a fan, it, it belongs in your library. So. And, and, you know, for that big kid out there, if you have a husband who really, really enjoys The Hobbit, it's definitely a nice pickup as well. Nice nice thing to put on the shelf. I know it's up on our on our big shelf right right next to the, our, our additional Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, that's right. Next, because our daughter's starting to get into drawing, we have this light tracing is yes. a is a way to improve her drawing. Right. Well, she's she's wanting to do fashion stuff. She's wanting mm-hmm. to design um dresses and no, so No, she wants to dr- design spacesuits well, for, for astronauts. All kinds of things. <laughs> so, we we got her a, a light tracing um board yeah. and it's just a really uh, really great for kids. You don't have to use special tracing paper. You can use just regular paper because the light's strong enough. As long as the the thing you're tracing is not the paper's not too heavy, mm-hmm. uh, it works really well. Um, and this is just a way, you know, initially to help build her confidence in the strokes and things when yep. she's trying to you know draw a dress or a spacesuit or an animal <laughs> or or whatever it is. We have lots of books that show you how to draw. And it's just difficult for her to get the hand motions and yeah. things of, of sketching. So this is just a great way to help build her confidence with that. She can also make flip books and things mm-hmm. as she gets as she gets older and just make small yeah. movements of um, of uh, people or or animals. So um, really affordable. Uh, we got a Crayola light tracing pad. Yeah, it's currently under the tree right now. Um, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier about the you know, using anchors to do dimensional work. This is a great way to kind of bridge that gap between doing the anchor work and for your dimensions of what you're drawing and versus, you know, just um, copying what you're doing. So it's a great way to kind of bridge that gap. I think she's going to have a lot of fun doing this. I really hope so because, you know, I, I want to draw more with her. I want art to yeah. be a bigger thing with her. And it's something that I, I'm 
somewhat passionate about. Um, but I really enjoy it and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get those things available for her to kind of build up that confidence. So a light tracing kit, I think is a, is a nice addition. Yep. You can get one for about 25 bucks and we'll put a link in the show notes to the one that we got. Next, the VTech Marble Run. Ariel, your love of Marble Runs. I have a thing about Marble Runs, y'all. Um, she you know, does. She does. Oh, <laughs> he's laughing. Okay. Okay. I just need to set this up a little bit. For I, I got a YouTube video that I'm going to put in the show notes. I'm going to show you after the thing about a Marble Run that I All right. I, saw I love like Marble Runs and um, and Rube Goldberg setups. And, and I, I love all that kind of stuff. When I was a kid, you know, there was that one toy that your friend had that you wanted so bad. You coveted this toy, right? It was like the one toy you could ne- you you never got for whatever reason. Not the, that- di- the Dino Rider T-Rex. Okay, so that was yours. Mine was my friend had an amazing marble run. It was like a huge plastic thing. We would spend hours playing it. We would put all the pieces together and then we'd set it all up and watch the marbles run through the different maze and come out the bottom. It wasn't like I didn't have tons of toys, but this is the toy that I always wanted to play with when I went to her house. And so I have had it on the list for years to get our kids a marble run when they were old enough. Now, not all marble runs are created equal. There's many different kinds. Um, Obviously, if you have an older student, if you have a kid eight plus, you need to be looking into Gravitrax by Ravensburg. Uh, Ravensburger, it's just amazing. Um, and that is what we will get our child when she's older because, uh, mommy wants to play with it. Um, <laughs> but for those who are younger, there's lots of different plastic sets out there. A lot of them are really cheap and, uh, they don't fit together very well. There are some different ones you can look at. There's one that connects to Picasso tiles. If you have those kind of like magnet tiles, um, and there's a few different types. We chose the VTEC marble run. And one of the reasons that I did was because it includes, it doesn't really use marbles. It uses slightly larger balls, which are going to be safer since we have a younger child. Um, and it has, for the size set, it does have a lot of really cool doodads. It's got like a Ferris wheel and yeah. like a tornado or I don't know, a cyclone thing that goes down. It's got, it's completely open for your kid to explore and to make it however they want to. I just, I love this kind of thing for the, the, the experimentation, right? This is one of those toys where it's so okay to fail Mm -hmm. because all of it is just trying. You're trying to make something and then you're testing it. It's all just this like make and test, make and test, make and test, which is engineers is what we do constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I love that idea. And this has got really great reviews. So we for, went for the, the VTech Marble Run with all the fun bells and whistles. Uh, I think it's a great toy if your kids are into STEM. Moving on from STEM, and this would be for somebody a little bit older, maybe that 8 to 12-year-old um, who's starting to get into electronics. Maybe they're into computers. They've shown some interest in possibly doing computer programming in some, you know, low-level way. They may have a little aptitude towards engineering. They're they're looking to go that way. The next one, this one we're going to recommend, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I've been <laughs> this has been part of my life for a long time, is um an Arduino kit. And I know that sounds very hard to spell, but it's A-R-D-U-I-N-O. Um, it is a foundation that created an open sourced um, for the most part, open sourced engineering electronics kit. Um, and this was, I think they built the first one, gosh, 15 years ago or so. And basically they use a microcontroller that's on the board 
and there are some headers that allow you to connect things like LEDs, wires, motors, um, sensors, things of that nature. And they have free software that you can install on your computer and very simple programming language for you to be able to program that device um, using a lot of great examples and a ton of schematics and a ton of walkthroughs and a ton of how-tos build electronic circuits that do cool things. Whatever that's like, you know, an LED flashes when I wave my hand over something, or if I put my finger on a, on a temperature sensor, it begins to turn the fan to cool me off. Whatever it might be, there are millions of examples. And this is a great, I think, introduction into what's known as the makerspace. Oh, there's a whole massive community of people out there that range from electronics to artists to builders, whatever it might be. The maker community is enormous out there and it's all this wonderful hobby, electronics, you know, professionals, um, amateurs that are all trying to build things that do things. And it's a wonderful synergy of art and electronics and technology and engineering and science. And I think this is a great, you know, kind of introduction to say the electro, you know, electrical engineering world, um, the software coding world. This is something that I actually spend a lot of time at my two companies ago, back when I used to work, building uh, knockoff kits that fit this platform's hardware. And there's tons and tons, that it is so open-ended from this kit, it's, it's mind-boggling uh, where your learner can go from this. But this is a great starting point. I think the kit, you can get a, a book with some electrical components and the kit with a control, with a, the USB connector that goes to the computer. The software is free to download on their website and I'll make sure to provide all the links. This is a great introduction to any young learner who wants to get into software programming or into robotics or into you know programming of microcontrollers. That is a huge facet of everything we have. So for example, inside your cell phone that you're probably listening to this podcast on, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of microcontrollers in there that have been coded. Um, using various languages that perform, you know, in, innumerable actions. This is a very small example of one of those things. Um, I believe they use the Atmel chip. I think it's a 16-bit chip. None of that matters. Uh, it is a wonderful platform and a great learning platform for any young learner. I, I cannot recommend this high, high, high enough for any young learner who's looking to get into electrical engineering, any type of engineering, robotics, even um, if they're interested in sensing things, there's so many examples out on the web on how to use this kit. It's just, it's mind boggling. So that is my little stump speech for, <laughs> for Arduino. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot recommend this highly enough. If you have a young learner who wants to get into this world, um, it is such a powerful tool. It is free. Uh, well, I mean, the software is free. The examples are free. They're only limited by their imagination. So I can't say there you go. That's my stump speech for it. So if you are into, you've got a kid who might be into coding, into robots, but they are younger. Younger. You can look into what uh, we've gotten for our daughter for Christmas. Uh, they use it exclusively in her robot and coding class at our parent partnership. And, and mind you, she is six. She and is doing six. This at six years yeah, old. this is a K through two class. So it's the um, Wonder Lab dash and dot robot should i tell pack. them should i tell them the dog money Wonder story pack. no no they don't want to hear about dog money <laughs> no so both my girls love dog money <laughs> yes matt was playing with a little bit of investing with them and i talked to uh, them about you know investment and losses right it was very educational yes so there were some <laughs> losses so we decided to get it for for christmas because we 
the investment didn't pan out. No, so, it actually did. It, we'll talk about that later. Anyways. <laughs> so, so this is a really cool little robot. Um, it's um, the dash robot is a kind of a three. It's like three balls and then a ball for the head. Yeah, if you could imagine three like kind of baseballs put together. Right. And so it, it has lots of cool features. You, you basically have a free app for the, the kids in the class all have iPads or I think they all have Android uh, tablets. And the this is a, a free app that goes with it. You can drive him around. You can works on both Apple and Android. Right. You yes. can you can uh, make his head move. You can uh, change the light of his eye type mm-hmm. thing. You can have him make sounds. Um, you can do all kinds of different things. And then the dot robots just like just a little head and it's on a little stand. And the two of them can interact together in a variety of ways. So you can run Dash all the way around, and he has different things that attach to him. So like we have a little bulldozer attachment. So mm-hmm. they were the kids were all collecting Duplos into a, a square. Yeah, they um, were driving it with the iPad. Right, yeah. right. He has a he has a little catapult thing that he can throw things at Dot. He's got a he's got a xylophone. You can have him play tunes. There's all kinds of things that you can do with him. One of the cool things is that there are several different apps with Dash. There's one to, of course, make a move and do all these things. But then there's others that show you the building blocks of programming. Mm-hmm. So the programming is done in little just like touch and move the blocks into place. And you can have him drive forward and then turn right and then, you know, change the color of this. And you can do some amazingly complex programming with this. In essence, but they're creating little, really script, the yeah, little scripts that that you're installing into the you know into the robot and then right. they execute those. We've talked about Codables before, which is a really fun app that um, mm-hmm. our daughter has been using. And as, we've used the Codapillar as well. Right. We yeah. we have a, a, a little Codapillar. Maybe we'll put that link in the show notes too that our kids have been playing with. And those are kind of more basic. What I like about this, and and this is a bigger. This would be a, this is her big gift this year. So this is a more expensive one. I think these are. Well, she earned it. About 150 bucks or so. She earned it. Yeah, she she worked hard for that investment. So. Um, this is a bigger thing, but what I really like is that you can do the programming and then see it actually come to life in front yeah. of you rather than just, you know, doing it on a game. It's one thing to say, oh, here's how you send your little codables creature through its maze <laughs> yes. on the iPad. It's another to do it in real life with a, a robot you can control. So this is a, a really terrific uh, I, I I would go have gone gaga for this when I was a kid if they had something like this. Yeah. It's really neat. The possibilities are endless. We actually bought a version of this and uh, wanted to test it out because it had it had been used, and we're sitting on the floor of our our bedroom late at night so the kids won't hear us. I'm just like. I was with it for like an hour. I could not stop playing with this thing. It was so interesting and interactive and did so many different things. Um, so if you have kids that are interested in STEM, interested in robots and coding and that kind of thing, and you've got kinder uh, first grade kids, consider the Dash and Dot robot because we really, uh, the, the whole, all the kids in our class love it. And we're really looking forward to having it at home so that we can do more coding and take it even further. So Absolutely. So that wraps up our holiday gift guide. Hopefully you got a couple of good ideas. Hopefully the supply chain doesn't crunch you here at the end and and you've been good like us. <laughs> we got all of our shopping done early in November. I like, like how you use the word we. You got all your shopping <laughs> done before That's Halloween. Right. so yeah we hope this is helpful um these are just a few things that are on our list this year that we we got for our kid and a few things we saw that we thought might you might all like um to help in your homeschools absolutely happy holidays 
Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!